you need to live in such a way, the last part of the verse says, that they have nothing evil to say against you. In other words, how many of y'all know in the, in the job, on your work, uh, people are watching? How many of y'all know that's right? People are watching you. And they're watching your life, particularly if you're a Christian. I've had people, even in this room, say, uh, on my job, they know I'm a Christian, so they're always prodding me, poking me, saying, talking in such a way, they're trying to get me to come come and get them. I mean, I know what I'm talking about. On the oil field, I've had friends that work in the oil field, and he says, they know that I'm a Christian, and they're always challenging me and trying, trying to get, that they're watching for my integrity. They're watching for my speech. They're watching, uh, they're, they're trying to shame me. And he says here, real clear, he says, listen, you have to, to live or work with an integrity. Uh, verse Corinthians chapter 4, verse 12, he says, we work hard. Everybody say hard. Hard for your money. I mean, I remember that one. He says, work hard with your own hands. When you're cursed, we blessed. When we're persecuted, endure it. I mean, we don't like that verse. I don't like that one. Go to the next one, Reverend. Speed it up. Pick up. Pick up. Let's go back to the good stuff. But he says, listen, there's going to be times whenever you're cursed. And what's he say? He says, you need to bless. There's going to be times whenever you're rebuked, people come against you. He says, you need to endure it. How many ever got chewed out on your job? Well, yes, sir. Sometimes, and you just got to what? Sometimes you got to endure it. Sometimes you got to endure it because you, you messed up. But other times, people, you just get persecuted. Here, he says, you need to work hard. Keep your head down. Take care of your business. And if people come against you, just know that he says, Jesus, Jesus how many of y'all know they came against Jesus pretty, pretty good bit? Yeah. And yet, the Bible says he opened not his mouth. How difficult must that have been to hang there knowing you didn't do anything wrong and they're persecuting you and they're mocking you and it says he never opened his mouth. So sometimes you got to work with that in mind. Colossians chapter 3 verse 23 it says whatever you do work it with all your heart. All your heart you work for the Lord not just for human masters. You good scriptures right here. Now listen, I know that there's no hankies getting laid. Nobody's running, flopping on the floor. and Nobody's running around the church this morning. But we're talking about success. And sometimes we work hard. But if you don't have integrity, if you can't hold your tongue, and if you can't do your work just as unto the Lord, that then that can hinder how far you go with God. So this is just good medicine. Take that medicine. Let me ever tell your kids that. Open your mouth. I don't want to. Take that medicine. It's NyQuil. I know, man. I know. My mom used to make me take it too. Take that medicine. Why? It's just good for you. It it kills some stuff in there that needs to be killed. But there's two words that that really I felt like the Lord really wanted me to spend the most of my time. These are good verses. I wanted to give them to you. But but the the heart of what I really wanted to talk about this morning was uh, not just working hard and these few scriptures here. But really I want to look at or talk about the attitude of your work. Well, the attitude of your work. God requires you to work. He wants you to work. Wants you to work in your home, your marriage, your finances, all that kind of stuff. But there is an attitude that, that's very clear in Scripture that has to do with uh, uh, the way that you work. How many of you ever heard that, that your, your attitude determines your altitude? How many ever heard that? Your attitude determines your altitude. In other words, in Jesus, you can get off the ground. 
But you can either just fly real low, or many times in scriptures he was saying, come up higher, come up higher, come up higher. Over and over you see him saying this, come up higher, come up higher, come up higher. So in other words, you can fly at one altitude, or you can just come up higher. And I want to talk to you this morning about the attitude of your work. Uh, We went to... Uh, I guess it was maybe two weeks ago now, we went to Colorado and we went to the Rocky Mountain National Aviation Museum. Say that three times. Uh, And we walk in there, it's this huge room and there's planes hanging from the ceiling and there's F-14s and F-16s, there's bombers. They had uh, these huge actual like nuclear bombs. Obviously they had been defused or something, I hope, because I leaned on one for a photo uh, so you got these huge bombs right there and all they I mean they probably 50 planes all different shapes size all this kind of cool stuff Re- really really neat it's fascinating but they had this one wooden plane like there was a replica of the Wright brothers how many of y'all know who the Wright brothers are thank you even if you don't do you want you want to raise your hand on that one? Oh yeah oh yeah he was right uh, just raise your hand on that one. How many of y'all know who the Wright brothers are? All right. <laughs> Look at all these smart people in here. Uh, for those people that aren't in here, he's, they invented the airplane. Anyway, so they have this big wooden replica of this airplane, and, and you get to do a flight simulator. Flight simulator. So you lay in this wooden airplane and there's a screen there in front of you and uh and you've got this this thing here some of you may be pilots so i'm just going to call it this thing here and you can correct me later and be like well that was the rudder okay great uh i'm gonna call it this thing here and uh, you have this thing here and uh, you lay in this, and then all of a sudden, there's a little guy. Uh, there's a little guy sitting right there, and and he tells you, he says, "Now, if you want to go higher, you lift back up here, and if you want to a uh, bank left or right, it was really kind of cool." God, these people, don't you just love the genius of people? Can you imagine a couple hundred years ago building a wooden plane to fly in? And the way that you turn this plane is you roll. Uh, you you kind of like. It's all about the hips, right? It's all about, you got to move, slide that booty over. You're laying on your belly, and you slide your behind over there, and it pushes this lever that makes that whole plane, it'll bank left. If you want to go the other way, you slide your behind over there, and you go there. So you can imagine, y'all getting a mental picture of me going, oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm working this plane, and he says, all right, now, uh, here we go. Here's your chance. On your mark, get set, go, and he hits play, and I'm going on, and all of a sudden, I just pull way back, and you can see me go, oh, and I crashed. <laughs> crashed. Why? Wow, well, I was trying to make this big, drastic movement, right? I've got to get this plane off the ground, so in order for me to get this plane off the ground, I've got to make this big, drastic movement, and I crashed. So he says, all right, that's okay. Everybody crashes the first time. Shut up. I don't. I'm dead. So anyway, so he resets it, you know, and I try again, and I go up, and then I go down, and then again I try to make this big swivel turn, whatever, and the big movements would just put me in the pavement. But after the third or fourth time, I learned that it's ever so subtle are the movements required to maintain flight. And I learned that in order for me to get up, it was for me to just subtly, steadily 
consistently the right amount of pressure and then you could see the front end of that plane would just come up and then it would level off and then before you knew it, I was flying. Such accomplishment. Granted, it's a television. I wasn't really flying and I didn't build anything. And yet there was this sense of accomplishment because I'd finally figured out that it wasn't these big, huge movements. Just slow, steady, steady kept me going the right direction. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19 where I'm going with our little story this morning is the two things that I want you to, 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 to I want to ingrain in your mind this morning is the attitude of work I want you to leave with this morning is just steady. Steady. Work steady. Consistently just work. Just real steady. The other thing I want you to do is work willing. I want to look at these two words this morning. Obedience. Steady obedience. And willing. Because I don't know about you, but whenever I first got saved, I felt like in order for me to get this plane off the ground, I'm going to have to yank back on this thing and I'm going to have to do something real drastic and and that hardness. So uh, the reason I'm talking about this, we've been talking about working hard the past couple of weeks, but there, there is a tendency whenever you can get to where you're like, I'm working hard for Jesus. I'm obeying. Oh, you got that working hard for Jesus look on your face. Right, And you're trying to make these big drastic movements. right? Because I have to get this thing up off the ground. But, but I want to share with you this morning that God's not just looking for big, drastic, hard movements. He's really looking for steady, consistent obedience. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 19, he says, If you're willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. How many of y'all like that verse? Man, that's a good one. If you're willing and obedient, Amplified says you shall have the best that the earth yields. This whole series is about success and about having the best. Apparently, the best that the earth yields is it's available. Apparently, the good of the land is available. And here, God gives us a key to attaining the best that the earth yields. He gives us a key to attaining the good of the land. What's the good of the land? Boy, I could come up with a list. I bet each one of you could come up with a list of what what for you would be the good of the land. If you were going to characterize a marriage or, or kids and, and you, you, could, you could look at, at your own kids or look back over your life and you could feel like in my relationships I had the good of the land. In my kids I had the good of the land. In my business I was able to attain the good of the land. Here God gives us two keys or two attitudes for you and I to obtain the best that the earth yields. And he calls it, he says, if you're willing and obedient, you shall have the good of the land. The first thing I want you to notice here is that willing is, uh, is before obedience. Many times we put obedience in front of willingness, right? We think the most important thing we can do is obey God. But here in this verse, he says, really, it's not just your obedience. It's not just you working hard. He says there's a, there's a willingness there that God requires from you and I. And, and so what is this willingness? Well, just what is that? If he says, if you're willing, you'll eat the good of the land. What is that? So I had to ask the Lord. Have you ever had to ask the Lord anything? 
So I'm riding down the road and I'm meditating on this scripture. And, and it just dawned on me, just because it came out of my own heart, my own life. Willing just means that you want to. It just, just means that you want to. Willing just means that it's your privilege. It's your honor. That, 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 that it's a desire of your heart. You say, I want to. I want to do it. God, I'm not just obeying you because I have to. Willingness says, God, I obey you because I want to. And many times Christians, they go, for their, go through their life obeying God, but they really don't want to. And therefore, they never have the best that the earth yields. And they've always got that look. That I'm, I'm obeying God look. How many of y'all seen that guy? Usually not a very good tipper. Right? Just kind of grumpy. And yet he's saved, and yet he's a Christian, and he is. He's very obedient. He's obeying God, but God says, listen, I don't want you just to be obedient. He says, I, I need or I require for there, a want, there needs to be a want to in your heart. A part of you that says, God, I obey you because I want to. It's my privilege to obey you. I, 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 I desire to please you. I'm not just marking something off my list. I want to do it, and I don't need any recognition. I don't need, you know, I was thinking... Uh, about God bless our saints our poor saints right now I was thinking about our saints and and, you know if I ask you to list some of the players who are saints who'd be the first person you'd list don't you like him (laughs) (laughs) who else you could name several saints all of you could name, you know, Pierre, Thomas, or how many of y'all like Jimmy? The single lady. Yeah. So tall, muscular. Boy, he can catch. And those pants he wears. Those little britches. Sorry, babe. So there's certain, there's ones that you can list. But, you know, I was thinking about the people that you can't list that never get the attention, right? Does anybody know the sinner's name? I'm about to give him some props right now. Y'all want to know the saint sinner? This is his moment right here. Y'all should tweet him or call him and say, listen, I want you to know you're recognized today for all your hard work. Nobody else recognized you hardly. The saint sinner, his name is Jonathan Goodwin. Let's give it up for Jonathan Goodwin. Way to go, Jonathan. Inside linebacker, David Hawthorne. Defensive end, Glenn Falls. Nobody has their name on the back of their jersey, right? Noble's never like, hey, man, can you get me that, that Godwin jersey? Like, no, man, they don't make those. And yet they're very vital and they have a part to play, right? If they weren't there, then the whole team would fall apart. Right, so and they they do just as much, and they work just as hard, and and they have to put just as much effort and leave just as much on the field. And lots of times, whenever it comes to willing and, and obeying God, that you have to have this in your heart that I don't need recognition, I don't need anybody to see me, I don't need anybody to know that I did anything, I don't need anybody to pat me on the back. I obey God because I want to. It's my privilege. It's my honor. And 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 David, he said it like this. I'll just give you this verse. Uh, they, I love this one. How I many y'all know who David is? David says, I would rather spend one day in God's courts than a thousand days anywhere else. 
Don't you love that verse? David said, he said, I would rather have one day in God's presence than three and a half years anywhere else on this planet. I mean, I know there's a lot of places you like to go on this planet. I mean, I wish you were in Fiji right now. Sure. She wants to go to Fiji. That's why I hit her up with that. I mean, I wish you were in Maui right now. Don't lie. It's all right. We're in church. There's no sense to lying at church. I know every one of you are like, you better believe it. Smells like popcorn in here. Sure, I wish I was in Maui right now. Listen, but David said, he said, I would rather have one day in God's presence. It's my privilege. It's my honor to be with him above anybody else. But the next part of the verse, he says, I would rather be a doorkeeper in God's house. Just to be a doorkeeper and stand at the threshold in the house of my God than to dwell at ease in the tents of the wickedness. What's David saying there? David is saying, he's saying, I would rather just be a greeter at church. I would rather just be somebody that welcomes people into the house of God. I would rather work in the nursery. I would rather work in the children's. I would rather be on setup or tear down. Just to be in God's presence is enough. And I don't need, I'm, I'm like the linebacker. I don't need to be selling jerseys for me to be happy doing what God wants me to do. Whatever he wants me to do, I'm willing and I'm happy. And willing just means thankful. You know, I, I had a pity party a little bit this week. How many of you ever had one of those? You make, you know, if you're, if you're a man, you keep all that in, but this is what you're thinking. You know, you don't do that because, you know, you like strut around the house like. But on the inside, you know, you're like kind of pouting. You know, and you ride around your car and you talk to the Lord and you think, well, this didn't go well this week. These people are mad and these left. And you're and you kind of you upset, you know, we have membership. And I called this one guy and I said, uh, you know, we got membership. He says, yeah, I'm not coming back. I'm going to another church. So, so I was like, okay. I didn't tell him that. I was like, oh, that's good. Fine. But, you know, down on the inside, you kind of think, well, what did we do or whatever? And you kind of have this, sometimes things don't go your way, whether it's in your marriage or your job or your work or whatever. You kind of have these things. And I was kind of having one of those moments. Never had those moments. Sad. And, and, but, but dealing with this, the Lord said, you, you could be, uh, he just gave it to me real strong. I'll give it to you the way he gave it to me. He said, you, you, you could be getting your head chopped off today. Because if you're in Syria right now, or if you're in Afghanistan, or if you're in Iran, and you're a Christian right now, they're hunting you down. And uh, they're, they're coming for your head. So the Lord, what's the Lord saying? The Lord's just kind of telling me, he says, you could be a lot of worse places than you are right now. You'd be doing a lot of worse things than you are. You'd be a lot of places besides that movie theater. You'd be a lot of places without somebody uh, being upset at you or being mad at you. The Apostle Paul, he said, I had, I had 40 men that said they wouldn't eat until they killed me. The Lord said, I don't think anybody said that about you this week. The Apostle Paul, he says, I had 40 men that said we won't eat until we kill Paul. Well, that's a kind of a bad afternoon. No biscuits and gravy for me until he's dead. What's the Lord saying? The Lord saying, listen, you'd be a lot of other places. Have a lot of other things going on for you that are a lot worse than what you're experiencing right now. 
So here he says, listen, you need to be willing. And willing just means thankful. So you know how quick it got for me to be thankful? About, about that fast. About that fast, I made that adjustment. I said, never mind, Jesus. I don't have anything to complain about. I don't have anything to be sad about. I don't have anything to be upset about. God, it's my honor. It's my privilege. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in your house than, than to own anything to be anywhere to do anything it just to be in your presence is better than three and a half years anywhere else on the planet and then God says once you get willing and obedient he says now I'll open up the windows of heaven now you've qualified for his very best his very best blessings there's a very popular guy which some of you would probably know him he was a pastor uh and, and but at this time he was a traveling minister and that just means he went from church to church traveling around and uh he would go and preach for people and he'd been doing this for like five or six years and he was having kind of the same party that I was having. He's real upset. Things aren't going very well for him. So he talked to the Lord. How many of y'all know you can talk to the Lord? How many of y'all know he can take it? I like that he can take it. He don't just like zap you. You don't ever cross me. No, he doesn't do that. No, in fact, he tells you. He tells you in Isaiah, he says, come, let us reason together. You got problems? Let's talk about it. You present your case, and you can actually change God's mind. I mean, I know all the times in Scripture God told Moses, he says, I'm going to kill all them people. I give them bread, they complain. I give them water, they complain. I fly in quail, they complain. I deliver them from Egypt, they complain. I'm killing them. And Moses says, if you kill them, all the other countries will say that you couldn't bring them out. You can't kill them. God says, all right, I won't kill them. God came to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I'm going to rain down fire on Solomon and Gomorrah. I'm going to kill everybody there. And Abraham says, no. He says, no, you can't do that. He says, if I find 50 righteous people in Sodom and Gomorrah, will you spare them? And he says, if you find 50, I'll spare them. Of course, he couldn't find 50. So he says, well, what if I find 10? Well, if you find 10, I'll spare them. Well, what if I find one? What he's doing, he's negotiating with God. He's talking to God. And God says, if you can find one person righteous in that city, I won't spare him. Of course, he couldn't find one, so God destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. But it came not because of just God making an executive decision. He, that, that man, that guy, Abraham, had a part to play in that. So you can reason to God. You can go to God. You can talk to God. And this particular guy, he says, God, I'm out preaching. I'm preaching your word. I'm working hard. I'm obeying you. And I'm, I, I'm pulling back on this plane to get it off the ground I'm, I'm flying here and he says I've got four bald tires there's holes in my shoes my kids don't have any money we're broke I'm obeying you and God told him he says yeah but you're not willing he says you don't want to be doing it your heart's not in it you it's not your pleasure how many of y'all like Chick-fil-a it ain't because of the chicken God bless Chick-fil-A, but I mean, I've eaten better chicken. Can we just be honest? Don't tell the owners. But it's, it's, thank you. You are such an encourager. What a gift. But, but what, what, what do we, the, what, I, what I appreciate most about them is whenever I go there and, and they give you your, your lemonade, what do they say? You say, thank you. They say, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. In other words, it's not like, take it. It's fresh squeezed. We worked hard on that. They don't do that. Everything you do for those people, Truett Cathy, he, he installed in those people an attitude of willingness. 
It's our pleasure to serve you. It's our honor. We're happy that you're here. We're glad you showed up to eat our chicken instead of Cain's. And they've got good sauce. <laughs> but, they, but just the attitude of willingness just makes you want to go buy their chicken. And it makes him just honorable. Why He lived his life in such a way just like we saw the first thing. He had honor. He had character. Uh, he had integrity. He watched his speech. He worked hard. He did all of that other stuff. But he also instilled just this willingness. And what I'm trying to instill in you this morning is, is I don't want you just like pulling back on the handles and working hard. No, the attitude that I want you to have is, God, is my pleasure to do it. To set up, to tear down, to help, to witness, to talk to people at my job, to be the light, even though people are trying to prod me and poke at me and persecute me and try to get me to turn on you. It's the least I could do because at least I'm not getting my head cut off today. I'm thrilled to be in your house. Better is one day in your courts than a thousand days anywhere else. And God said, now you qualify for the best that the earth yields. Because you're not just obedient, but your heart's right. Right? Because sometimes we're obedient because we don't want to like, I don't want him to zap me. He ain't going to zap you. That's not his, his, that, not, not his heart anyway. Let me give you just, I'll, I'll end with this. Deuteronomy chapter 28. I want you to notice here what God says speaking to Abraham. What I want you to notice is God gives you one assignment of what you need to do. One verse, God says, you do this. And then 13 verses, you count them, 13 verses, God says, this is what I'll do. Isn't that just like God? You do one thing for him, he says, I'll, I'll give you 13. That's a pretty good deal, huh? Like most of your friends, you're like, you know, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. God's like, you scratch my back, I'll scratch yours for 13 days. Don't you wish your wife would do that? You rub her feet once, and for the next 13 days, she's rubbing your feet. Well, you just like, give me your feet. Let me get this over with so that I can get you to rubbing on mine for 13. God says, what? One, one verse, the blessing of obedience. Verse number one, he says, If you fully obey the Lord, your God, and carefully follow his commands that I give you today, the Lord will set you on high above other nations of the earth. And these blessings will come on you. And accompany you if you will obey the Lord your God. Remember our verse. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Because you have to figure out what in the world is the good of the land. He's going to tell you right here. God always answers our questions. He says you'll be blessed in the city and blessed in the country. Successful in the city, you'll be successful in the country. The fruit of your womb or your kids will be blessed. The crops of your land and of your livestock. The calves of your herds and the lambs of your flocks. Watch that now. Those are the things that you can see. And we've been talking about God wants you to prosper in the things that you can see. But now he's going to kick it to the things that you can't see. He says your basket and your kneading trough will be blessed. What's a kneading trough? That's dough, man. Y'all didn't get it. Your dough, get it? Forget it. Verse 6, he says, you'll be blessed when you come in. You'll be blessed when you go out. The Lord will grant 
that your enemies who rise up against you will be defeated before you. They will come at you one direction, but they will flee at you from you in seven. Glory to God. Verse number eight, the Lord will send a blessing on your barns, on everything that you put your hand to. The Lord your God will bless you in the land he's given you. He will establish you as his holy people as he promised to you an oath. If you keep the commandments of the Lord your God and you walk in what to him? Obedience. Walk in obedience to him. Then all the people of the earth will see that you're called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb. He tells them again, the young of your livestock, the crops of the ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give. The Lord will open the heavens. That's what you can't see. And he says, the storehouse of your bounty. In other words, God says, I'll take care of what you can't say. But he says, I'll... That, that heaven is just open above them. Like, how'd they get that way? The, 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 it took effort. I'll tell you that. They worked on the thing that you can't see, and they worked with the future in mind. They spent time in God's presence because they wanted to, and God just opened up heaven. He says he'll send rain on your land in the season. He'll bless the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but you'll borrow from none. The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. If you pay attention, again, to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day, and you carefully follow them, you will always be at the top and never at the bottom. Come on, somebody. You will do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. However, if you do not obey the Lord your God, you don't call for carefully follow his commandments and decrees I'm giving you today, these curses will come upon you. And then he lists a whole bunch of curses. What's the point there? We were asking, what's the good of the land? God says, listen, if you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. Whole list of things here. He says, God wants to do these 13 things for you and I. But in order for us to do it, he says, listen, I'm just asking for Steady obedience. You don't have to pull back. I'm trying to get this thing out the floor. I'm trying to really hard. No, he just wants you just, just steady. Just steady. Just says, God, whatever you want me to do today, I'll do it. Whatever place you want me to feel, I'm glad to do it. God, if you need me to be the center and block no recognition, I'm just blocking for somebody else. God, is my honor. It's my privilege to do that. And I won't get out of position. How many of y'all know Drew's glad that, that his sinner showed up? How many of y'all think Drew would be disappointed if he goes, now sit, hut, 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 and he just sat down, ate a sandwich. Get up, man. I need you in that place. I need you in that spot. I need you blocking. That, that, that's, that's your place to say, if you're willing and obedient, 
Thank God for people that feel that position. God says, listen, I'll open heaven. I mean, I want that. Don't you just want to open heaven? You say, God, I'm, I'm asking you for your reign, for you to rain down upon me, rain down upon our church, rain down upon my family, rain down upon my kids. God says, listen, if you'll just get in that place and just be steady, work steady obedience and just keep that willingness. And that willingness just means, God, I'm thankful. God, I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for the privilege. I'm proud to be an American where at least I know I'm free. And I won't forget the men who died, who gave that right to me. And I gladly stand up. I forgot the rest. What's his name? I forgot. Y'all want to sing it together? Because some of y'all, y'all are finishing it for me. You're like, y'all ready. You got your mic. You want to say something, babe, before we close out? Uh, but one thing, some of you may be sitting here and maybe God's put something in your heart and you want to obey. You have that attitude of, I'm learning how important it is to be willing and obedient, but your heart's not in it yet. I want you to know that that can change. Because I remember when God asked me to do something and it was Same. the one thing, well, I was one of them too, but it was the one thing that I said, I'll never do that one thing. And I knew, I knew that was from him. I knew he was telling me to do that. And so I went to him. I said, God, I'll be obedient. I'll do it. But I want to go willing also. So I need you to change this in here. I need you to change my want to. Because I want to be what, what it says in here to be willing and obedient. So I'm asking you to help me change that want to. And so first of all, you go to him with that attitude. And then as you do that, your confession needs to change too. And you need to say, I will do that. I want to do that. I have pleasure in doing this. I'm going to be willing and obedient. God, your will, let your will be my will. So the willing part can be tough at times, but when you just yield to him and you let go and you say, God, I want to be willing, so help me to change that. Because you can't do it on your own. You can't change that on your own. But he can help you to change it. Amen. Thank God that he's merciful. He'll just stick with you. Right, you just keep it up. There's been many times, there's been things, I remember the Lord told her, uh, the Lord, you know, we're starting a church. And uh, I said, uh, you got to sing. Sing? I ain't never sang, but I sing in the shower. I said, well, there's going to be people in your shower now. Uh, uh, so, here you go. She said, I never, I never sang before in front of anybody. Well, I'm preaching. And you're singing. Unless the Lord brings Aretha or somebody else walking through the door. Uh, so you just got to say, it comes a point where you got to say, all right, I feel like the Lord, that's right. The Lord wants me to do it. And you just might as well get happy about it. Just go ahead and feel that position. And then before you know it, God will bring other people. It's amazing. He'll move, he'll move you out, move you in. He'll move you up and you just climb. The altitude just gets better and better. And then you just learn how it's not just a struggle, that it's just a minor adjustments, little things. And you just, you, you get willing and obedient. And God says, I'll open heaven for you. And that's what we want for you. That's what the church wants for you. Let's pray together this morning.